take two middle-aged men who happen to be cousins and share a common codependency on movies, put them in a room, and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? An existential exposition of cinematic synergy we call The Finleys on Film. Hey, are you guys up for um, a game of Finleys um, Gay Island? Um, I'd like to know more about that before okay, well, sign off. Let me run through. I'm going to run through um, starting from episode one. Not everything, but I'm going to pair two. So it's like Spencer Tracy, William Holden, Gay Island. Go. Who are you taking? Oh, William Holden. Holden. Okay. I mean, that's an yeah, obvious he's one. Dominate I thought me I'd start with like a woman. Okay. Now we got Elvis and Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness. He's British. He knows more about buggery. Or Sir? Elvis? Or Elvis. Elvis. Elvis, of course. That's the right answer. Ugh. Kurosawa or... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Marlon Brando. Oh. Marlon. Yeah. Marlon, right. Yeah. Okay. Peter Lorre, Burt Lancaster. Peter Lorre. I like a fighting chance. <laughs> Charles, I'd like to know I could fight my way out of a rape if it comes down to it. <laughs> well, is it really rape, Tom? Yeah, it's uh, it's an island. Charlton Heston, Glenn Ford. Oh. Heston, mm. Charles, right? yeah. Obviously. Uh, All right. Jack Lemmon, Walter Matthau. Jack Lemon. <laughs> Both. Lemon? <laughs> That's an odd, <laughs> odd couple, my friend. Spit, a, little, a little spit roast. A little, a little odd? odd couple spit roast there. Yeah. Well played. All right. So we have um, with a special guest. Um, very special guest. Very special guest. Doug Cox. He's right. a professor of literature at Arizona Western College. Am I yep. correct? A poet in his own right. He's a, he's a writer. Um, and he is, I would say, an authority on Montgomery Cliff, but it might be more accurate to say that he is a lover of Montgomery Cliff. He has a man Clift. crush on Michael. Uh, it's Montgomery more than a Clift. man crush. He has, I would say, and Doug, let, don't let us speak for you, would you say that your um, interest in Montgomery Clift is more than academic, is actually slightly sexual? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's as Pretend handsome that Mike as is Montgomery Clift and get right down on it, my friend. We don't want to miss a word you're saying, man. Oh, no. All right. Okay. Um, so, obviously, today we're talking about the great Montgomery Clift. The great Montgomery Clift? Can we start there? Would you agree? Because I mean, he's in this sort of like... Um, oh, that's an interesting question. Because he was in some serious rare air during his, his peak, that's for sure. <laughs> serious rare air? Go well, ahead. Yeah, man. He was a, he was a, he was, but, but it was a very short career. It didn't go, he didn't go very far. So, there's, so longevity has something to do with... When you used to pull him out, great. I think longevity plays a part to that. So we're talking about kind of a 13-year period, right? So it's like Red River mm-hmm. from 48 all the way to like the Misfits, yeah. Judgment at Nuremberg, like 60, 61. Right. Yeah. Wait, actually, that's not true. He, he went had a few years. 60 after, like 64, 65. But he had like a four-year hiatus there where, you know, because yeah. he was so drunk and messed up, they wouldn't, <laughs> he was a they wouldn't insure him. So, yeah, he, yeah. you know, right. that limited at least a few. I saw I saw a list that was like uh, the 17 best Montgomery Cliff films. Really? I was like, oh, all 17 of them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Well, he was. There was a Whopper commercial. Yeah. Did, right? <laughs> Didn't make it into the list there. He like, unlike what they meant by Whopper, by the way, when he yeah. signed up for it. But, um, <laughs> I would say he's great, though. I would okay. say he's great. His, his best work. Freud? Yeah. That's terrible, man. Well, John Huston's Freud is terrible. Sure. Yeah, he had a couple bombers, every, but. Every, every actor, every director is going to have a couple of bombers. So I don't know that that's necessarily the prohibitive. Huston hated him on that film because oh. of his gayness. Houston right? was a, I mean, surprise, surprise, John Houston was a, a, Bit of a homophobe, flaming yeah. homophobe, yeah. yeah, and so he didn't like him. He just sort of like, you know, led him by the nose. Well, he that. was also a real pain in the ass on set. Houston, or, like oh, a, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, like Montgomery Cliff was apparently was kind of a nightmare to work with. And he wow. was, was nothing if not like wanted to, he wanted the least effort to go into making his movies. He liked that idea. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> That's his method, huh? It's method acting. Well, yeah, you mean Cliff's method was to be a disaster. I think it was kind of his method, right? Because it became like, that. Like famously in, in Judgment at Nuremberg, he was like had like the DTs or something. Right. And so Spencer Tracy was you know, he was a <laughs> was coaching drunk. Him. He was off camera being like, right. All right, stay focused. Yeah. You know? yeah but yeah. but that's I mean, what is it, like ten, twelve minutes on film? It's amazing. And he that's plays amazing. he plays yeah. the mentally feeble well, you I, know okay, so I quote unquote uh, German who'd been sent by the judges at Nuremberg to be Sterilized so because of his mental, feeble, yeah, feeble yeah. mindedness. Well, just, hunter fence, right? Just watching Young Lions together yep. uh, about, what, 45 minutes ago, rewatching it? Mm-hmm. Um, Breaking the fourth wall, but that's fine. All right. Uh, oh, so, in those. Uh, oh, did I mention? Sorry, because Doug, uh, one thing you should know, dear audience, is that Doug takes a long time to complete a sentence. There's nothing wrong with your computer or your phone. So while he's composing <laughs> the sentence that yeah. will eventually be finished, I should mention he's a some poet of that. poet with the spoken word as well. Some of the background noise you're hearing is we are um, on location in Las Vegas, the beautiful yes. Las Vegas, Nevada, yeah. where we've met Doug. Hi. To do the this Polo po- Towers. To do this yeah. um, podcast, among other things. So go ahead. But, but Doug was in the well, beginning just, of what will surely be a long sentence. No, just saying no, that the, those characters, especially uh, you know the one in Young Lions and, and um, Judgment at Nuremberg, yep. uh, I wonder if he picked those because his faculties weren't all together still. You well, know we can I mean? talk about the Young Lions in a bit if we go chronologically, but I, right. I would disagree okay. with the premise that he's feeble-minded as a character in that. In, in the young lines, but but, oh, but definitely really? in judgment and Nuremberg. Yeah, well, we'll get there. We'll get well, there. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's start with the place in the sun. But, 19, oh, go ahead, please. Oh no, I was just going to say that I think there's a really interesting one of the things that I like about uh, what Gurmery Cliff did. Yep. Um, and and uh, I mentioned this. I was bringing this up to you the other day, Doug, and then we like shut it down because we didn't go too far in it. But like Montgomery Cliff, I think is one of these actors. He was like, he was a niche actor. He came in at a time when his particular niche became like something that was desirable. He was the sensitive actor. James, he was the guy James who Dean like. Well, I th- honestly, I don't think you'd have had James Dean without. I, I think there's there's a correlation. Like this yeah. this character type archetype became popular at this time period, and people like Montgomery Cliff could deliver on it. So Anthony Perkins, James Dean, there are some some actors that sort of they feel like in the, that, the tortured sort of the male, tortured sensitive male, male, male right? Yeah. 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 Which, which is a post World War II sort of a thing. Well, it didn't really exist prior to that. Cagney wouldn't have cried ever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. F- well, yeah. Okay, so it's like, and and James Dean and and Montgomery Cliff cashed in on it because they have that sort of great over the top, like you're tearing me apart type of. <laughs> they, could, they could do that yeah. and not and not seem more not seem more ridiculous than they act than like you know than I don't know. It didn't seem ridiculous doing it necessarily. Somehow, do you think that that what adds to that are the, their kind of smoldering quality? Because there's, oh, there's yeah. a sexuality that's coming from them, and it's like they they, they could be sort of like hard edged. You know, sexually smoldering. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm drooling for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> and without having gone down the tortured soul path, so it's like this extra layer for the for I guess mainly ladies. But I don't the think 50s. they go very far from the from the sexually from the tortured path either, because yeah. even like the sexuality, particularly in the movies we saw say tonight. Uh, or for this, for the leading up to this podcast, like the sexuality that that Montgomery Clift is throwing out there is like kind of like it's not one that's sure of itself. It's not a threatening sexuality as such. It's 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 that sensitivity is still there, and I think that's what they deliver. Sure. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, Doug, you were saying, I thought. 
um, about Maybe which Maybe not. Parts. I thought, I thought no. you were jumping in on that. All right, so so let's start with 1951's A Place in the Sun, which is based on the Theodor Dreiser novel. Which is your favorite book, right? It's not my favorite book, but it's, it definitely makes my top five, and it was my favorite book at one point. Theodor okay. Dreiser's A Place in the Sun, based on the 1920s case um, about, and I guess we could sort of outline the plot here, right? There's right. a sort of... Um, well, the thing... I'm going to say this. Let's talk about Theodor Dreiser for a second, because Theodor Dreiser came from two positions, right? One is that he grew up poor, and he was essentially a communist like you really felt like the mm. capital system is what what fucked right. him and his family up right. but also and ruins people as it just it ruins people and general. religion because yeah. he comes from this family of like 10 or 11 kids or something in indiana and they're all poor and so he has um he's interested in writing stories about people who are trying to work within the system the capitalist system to um you know climb up the ladder right yeah. And and always fail in right. one way or another. So so there's this because because you can't really. It's rigged. The, the mechanism is rigged all the way. The time. You're out of order. The whole system's out of order, Tommy. <laughs> the hell elevator is broken and out this of order. This escalator's out of order. Do you think about Al Pacino just goes around like for a year this after escalator? <laughs> this doorbell's out, this doorbell's out of order. Hey, this shit is out of order. This toilet's brimming with my feces. It's out of order. Yeah, but I think he does. Okay. It is out of order. No, okay, just wanted to make sure. What <laughs> so, the Dreiser not. Uh, it's American on, tragedy. Yeah, and it's yeah. based on this case of, of you know a young um, young Clyde in the novel who um, you know um, moves around the country. He grows up with an ultra religious family yeah. um, uh, of missionaries, essentially, mm-hmm. or, or evangelical types, right? right? Who live in like you know a poverty row and, and preach on the streets. And he wants to get out, and he wants to make it in America. Right. Sister Carrie, another Dreiser novel, kind of like that. And these are all characters they've they've read they've read like the, you know the books about how to you know how the, the yeah. young guy who what's what's Dale Carnegie like yeah, the uh, Carnegie, yeah like, yeah. Those, like seven this ways whole, to impress people or something there's this whole sub <laughs> genre of books about young men who yeah. who get rich and wealthy and that's yeah. and, and yeah. oh, well you're talking about Horatio Algier that's like, it Horatio Algier the rags, stuff yeah. the rags the richest story right. so, so like he you know this the character sees himself that way and again it's based on a real life event um, of a character who um, works his way up in his uncle's factory mm-hmm. um, and um, uh, starts dating a, a woman who he in finds factory, uh, right. attractive mm-hmm. um, gets her in the, what we call the trouble. The trouble. The, the trouble. Way, the pregnant he, way. He, he gives her a parasite. He puts the old <laughs> seed in there. He plants a seed. <laughs> a little says, parasite. Says 18, the, years, 18 years minimum. Says parasite. the only guy here without a kid. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. The only one, the only one has avoided <laughs> the parasite yeah. successfully. You've avoided yeah, them. You, we'll you, stick with that story. Were you trying yeah. to shame me with that, Doug? That didn't work. No. Tom's unshameable. No. You should know that, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Hand me that shame. pizza. <laughs> so, so anyway, so so um, he he has a conflict because he falls in love with a beautiful, rich girl oh, who's yeah. like connected to society. He's, like, he's, he he's not all that conflicted though. Well, that's true. He's with he's with Liz Taylor. Well, he's, he's, <laughs> well here's right. as soon as he meets her, as soon as he gets her attention at the party, he's like, "Well, we are." Oh well, yeah. I mean, can this you, is my can gal you now. Fucking blame her. They now getting back to the smoldering sexuality. Yeah. That, that is one of the most beautiful on-screen couples, couples. ever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. okay. I, it, more than so, Golding on and Mr. Kurt Russell <laughs> in Overboard. Yep. More than more, <laughs> more than Kate and Spencer. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I, I'd put them up there. Okay. But right. so when I rewatched that film most recently was during my office hours at EWC. Jaws and Roy Scheider. Come I put, on. Uh, what? More than Jaws and Roy Scheider. Come <laughs> on. I'm just going through the list still. <laughs> <laughs> the great love. So that's true. That's more true. More than Sophie and her choices. No, how, how, 
How, how wow. long are we going to take this, sir? No, you are right. <laughs> right so that, they are they are a, a physical specimen. That's how you know how oh, much trouble amazing. Doug has only, uh, completing a sentence. You got to let him complete the uh, sentence. Man. Well, I was just, just saying, but Paul Newman and her also, man, Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Go on. Please. No, that, that's it. I was just saying that it, rewatching it on like a projected screen in a classroom, mm-hmm. and it was just me yeah. sitting there during Beautiful. my office hours, mm-hmm. and I was just like. Oh my God! These are just yeah. two yeah. amazing, beautiful creatures, yeah. you know. But, but but I think before I just want to make this last point before we get into to Montgomery Cliff, the Montgomery Cliffness of this movie, if you uh-huh. will, is because I, I I don't want to keep going on and on about like the book and stuff in front of the movie. That's just an old, tired old conversation. Uh, but one thing I think is important here is that the book is all about how capitalism caused this tragedy, and yeah. um, and to some degree, you know, how classes caused this tragedy. Right. And, and and you're sympathetic with the main character mm-hmm. for those reasons. And that is completely absent in a place that's in the sun. I, it's actually that he just failed in a system that's perfect, according to this film, right. and it's what's what's I think flawed about of it. Despite course. the fact that he's really good, because that's all you can do in 1951. No. It's Red Scare anyway, right? Yeah, yeah of course. That's uh, and the that's, communist overtones in a movie of that time period, which <laughs> not at all. The, yep. the last 20 minutes of the film, when it, it gets to like. Um, the the court scenes and and him being in jail and going to the electric chair and all that stuff right mm-hmm. like that was like the more oh. okay. <laughs> sorry 1951 right yeah. <laughs> or you know making arts and crafts with the other prisoners to the end of his days either way <laughs> they did say ends. they were like uh, we'll see you later George we'll see you in heaven you know yeah. like as he's going to the electric chair but yeah. the moral to the story kind of aspect of that film was a real letdown. like oh yeah, it's god lost. it's totally lost well, because in the book again he, there is some sort of conflict like he the conflict yeah he clearly wants to in the book also get rid of this girl he's knocked up because yeah. this other one's waiting but he has I think more of a conscious about a conscious about like what he's doing and, right. it, and like what's been done to him and he can't fit. And you know, of course, it's a 700 page book. Like, there's time to sort of yeah, sort yeah. that out. Sure. I still think it was like a, a failure it, it, to ignore that in, in the film. Yeah. They should have had some kind of something, something good take its place. I'm going to say this Which too. Which never came up with. In the, in the book, the idea is that, you know, you have the, the young socialite woman who's like a knockout, and then you have a very pretty working girl. Yeah. Uh-huh. And in the film, they cast the knockout. Yeah, let's back up because this, this for cast Elizabeth is something Taylor, to talk about. And then they cast. Shelly Win- Shelly Winters. Shelly Hack. Early work, yeah. <laughs> oh, Sam. Oh, she was Oh, three. Woody. <laughs> um, yeah, that would have been a really perverse film, actually. Oh, <laughs> he drowns yeah. a three-year-old um, Shelly Long after impregnating her. Tom? Wow. Get the script going, will you? I'm going to run to the bathroom and finish that thought. Good Lord, Tom. Good you Lord. are disgusting, That's right. That is beneath even but, me. But Shelly Winters is, I'm sorry, like, she's never been anything close to pretty. I mean, she just looks like a bulldog. No. Even in her younger years, she's no, a, a I should, I could, mess. I could not disagree with you more. Like, well, then start disagreeing. She's sir. cute as hell. I mean, she's not. She is no uh, Liz Taylor. Taylor. She's no fucking Liz Taylor. No. But like, she's, she's Robert Taylor. She's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I love. There's something about her that is just that's very, very hot. Very. Um, yeah. I, it's I, the humiliation factor. You imagine um, having sex with someone that ugly. And there and calling her name. She's not ugly. I don't know what you're talking about. Shelly Winters. I don't, no. I don't think Shelly Winters eventually becomes a, f- a serious terrible. Bulldog. Of course, yeah. by the time but, she's like but, patch of blue in the mid '60s, then of course, famously the Poseidon Adventure, and then yeah, she just sort of mess, like took that but, role on. But, but she no. was a mess then. Nah. And and also she like, just had like weird eyes. She had like her, her eyeball structure. Her uh, so structure is a little sorry. bit off. But I kind of like that. I kind of like that about, about her. But in the book, it's sort of like you feel sorry for this woman, right? This character because she's in this situation where she's pregnant. She's waiting. 
looking around for Montgomery Clift. He's trying to hide from her, essentially, and have this affair that's sort of about sex, but also sort of about climbing the ladder, yeah, right? right? In yeah. the movie, not only do I find Miss Shelley Winter unattractive, but she's completely unsympathetic. She's just sort of whining on the phone, like, you know, uh, letting out milky gas. Wait, 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 wait. Hemorrhoids. I mean, I, she's so terrible. I disagree. Remember when she made him um, his birthday dinner yes. and wanted him to come back and had a gift for him and that's when he stayed at the party for like four hours and that that's a that's a sympathetic moment no of course i also liked it when she showed up we keep forgetting joe has no soul so let's (laughs) no no listen i I I never forget that i I I keep that in story (laughs) no 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 she she's she's sympathetic when he's doing mean things to her but on her own wait there's nothing sympathetic i would disagree here's but she's a woman of her time and place maybe not sympathetic you're a woman of her time and place what are you talking about so are you what are you talking about i mean what does that mean tom oh no 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 sorry Doug began a sentence. Let's focus. I was saying that I really respected her character when uh, she sh- she saw the picture of George Eastman. Yes. And uh, I'm forgetting Liz Taylor's. So this is Montgomery Clift, and she sees a picture for some reason of Montgomery Clift um, cavorting. Yes. And, uh, they're, they're like on the speedboat, right? The speedboat because they're socializing. But then canoodling she shows up. Like she, says, she says, screw it, man. You, you've, been, you've been fucking me over, and I know what's up. And she shows up at the bus like station. A, it's very calls much like Angelica up. Houston in, in Crimes and Misdemeanors. Like, yeah, there's a tension here that she's going to call him out. But anyway, I respected that moment. So you said not sympathetic, and I think there's at least a couple moments. Moments where if she had said, Here's I felt how connected it's be, to her as a character, but it was like, marry me. Marry well, okay, me, all right. Oh, pardon me, I'm gassing. Ah. I mean, that's subtext. I'm getting at there. <laughs> yeah, very sub, very sub. <laughs> Not a lot of text, a lot of sub. All right, you guys find her sympathetic. I don't find, but but here's what's interesting about the story. Even what I consider a kind of a bad adaptation of it is that the character, sure. especially with my, what Montgomery Cliff did with it, um, he's sympathetic despite the fact that he's doing very unlikable things. Right. Oh yeah. Throughout yeah. the film. Well, he looks like a victim. I mean, that's yeah. that's kind of one of his skills. He always back to your smoldering thing. Bit, yeah, he looks a little bit like. A man sort of put upon by the, by a world he's not quite a part of. That's like that's kind of a that's, that's a, his thing. That's a that's an angle that he uh, that he plays really really well. He does it in the in the misfits. The misfits where it's like he he owns the world he wants, mm-hmm. you know, by being this rodeo cowboy. But yeah. but at the same time, it's like everything's going to close in on you. Can't keep doing this forever. Mm-hmm. You're, you're he, he's got a conk on the head. I think a lot. You know, we talked about Judgment at Nuremberg, etc. Right. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, you were just we trying to burp off Mike. Don't do that. No, like burp burp right on the mic. The mic. Oh, right. Right. Sure. Authentic. Now I know. Yeah, now I know. We keep it real. Okay. <laughs> uh, what we, like, we, we, we go out and we get real and we bring it to the people. Anything else? This episode, by the way, is a lot more disappointing than I thought it would be. But anything else about A Place in the Sun? Mm, I thought it was interesting that uh, the trick shot in Pool that he does oh, uh, right. is yeah. when he first attracts Liz Taylor's uh, mm-hmm. attention. Well, yeah. she, she's like in the bad boy element. Yeah, but then he, um, uh, from here to eternity, he's shooting trick shots in pool. Wait a minute. Hold on a second, because uh, the, I want to address both things. The bad boy thing is not exactly accurate, because w- what she likes about him initially is that he has this phone call from his mother, and he's like, Mama, yeah. Mama. It's me. He, he's, she sort of it's likes me, that Mama. he's a little bit of each. He's got right. one foot yeah, in yeah. each thing. He's not mm-hmm. a bad boy at all. Well, he does sink his penis into two women without yeah, letting either of them know about the other one. Gets a parasite into one. <laughs> That's kind of bad, isn't it? Yeah. Doug, do you want to weigh in on Rocky? <laughs> uh, having sex is bad? Is that what we're saying? Well, I think that's Joe's whole point in life. Well, I mean, he did kill, well, didn't save the woman from drowning. Right. Well, that, that's okay. another thing. Because but this the- is also way earlier when Liz Taylor in A Place in the Sun, when she falls in love with him, yeah. is way earlier before any of this has happened. Mm-hmm. Right? 
So he's capable of that, like all of us, but uh, most right. of us maybe. But what she's drawn to is not any bad boy quality in him. Well, that's also the other problem. Though. When, he, when he kills Shelley Winters in the book. But he didn't actually kill her. Well, he did in the he book. He got convinced. In the story. That's in the, the book, he did. Oh, yeah. it, okay. Yeah. All right. The book has a picture of an oar on it because that's what he used in this <laughs> moment. And he was like stunned by his own sort of brutality. Mm -hmm. But in here, of course, they have to play it like it's like an episode of a Law and Order, like it depraved just, well, and difference like or something. He just yeah. looks like a twin. Oh, I, I let her go. I shouldn't have done that, probably. Yeah. But problem solved, everyone. Yeah. That's no, he gets trapped. He, he gets trapped by his own like weird, you know. Um, he gets trapped by his own stupidity. I mean, he never finished. He didn't do the crime, but he set it up to make it look like he did the crime, and then didn't. And then didn't do it. Oh, you mean in the story? In the yeah, in the, story yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he yeah. backed out on it this basically, but then she didn't know how to swim and died it's in, in the film. In the film, it's ham-handed, and I think it's actually sure. one of those things I would enjoy, and maybe there exists an adaptation like on PBS where they do like a two-part, like a four-hour two-part series or something. I think it would be Shelly Winters drowning for you. That would be great. Yeah, sure. And then the end is Raymond Burr. Raymond Burr. Terrible. And this, yeah. That is a terrible court thing. That could have been its own like hour, the court thing, by the way, right? But but Raymond Burr as the prosecutor is not good. <laughs> so so uh, I appreciate um, especially Monty Cliff's uh, Acting mm -hmm. in the film, but the movie itself is it's ish. Empty. It's okay. I'd it's give okay. It three stars. Three out of four stars. Like a, a, three a, out of four. Yeah. I give it a seriously flawed. I'd, I'd watch it. It's yeah. It's and I would somebody, I, and I wouldn't. I would not recommend it to other people to watch it. So. You that, wouldn't not. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. That's what I'm just double checking that. That's, yeah, yeah. We can unwrap. We can. But that's what's so uh, being a poet, right? Is I'm the one responsible for the <laughs> the writing. I'm the one that yeah. crafts it in this particular way. Okay. Film. Holy shit, I don't think I could ever work in a collaborative process like that because no. there's so many things that go into making it or destroying it right. or slightly fucking it up. Yeah, and the thing is you have producers, directors, and editors yeah. you know, in the after, sort of looking back, and in a way, you do have central... I mean, those other people aren't making the decisions. They're just sort of doing what you tell them well, to but, do. But I'm, so, all right. So I love I Monty Cliff. Why am I arguing this, but... But small point. So what I'm saying is, if he does an excellent job in his, mm -hmm. you know, in his role, right. the rest of the movie could still be a lop of shit. <coughs> and I, I don't think a place in the sun it, is yeah. that is that bad. No, but no, it's, no, no, it's, no, no. It's, it's okay. It's pretty. Is pretty what I'm saying. Oh yeah, that's, that's the a visuals. Good way to put it. Uh, as as you pointed out, like the visuals of Montgomery Clift and, and Liz Taylor together beautiful. are. That yeah, that might be worth the movie itself, right there. Yeah, yeah to watch it. Now let me ask you this. Please okay, Monty Taylor, Liz, Montgomery Clift, Liz Taylor, or yeah. Paul, Ru Paul Newman, Liz Paul Taylor. Ruben. Paul Newman. Paul Ruben. Paul Ruben. Paul Ruben. The Florida Theater <laughs> watching Liz Taylor. Paul Newman ahead, and Liz Taylor and Ken on a Hot Tin Roof. That's another beautiful-ass couple. Yeah, I mean, okay. he's such a, a lump of shit in that movie. Uh, what's his name? Oh, I don't remember. I no, forget so the character's name. Yeah, so yeah, hateable. Yeah, yeah I know. Right, Montgomery right. Clift. Okay, well, yeah. Right. Okay, victory. So let's turn to nineteen uh, flawless victory. <laughs> let's turn to nineteen fifty three's from here to eternity. Eternity. We're giving this to uh, Montgomery Clift, and I think he is the the most important part of the movie. Although it could well Who be argued that it's Burt Lancaster. Uh, uh, Sinatra. Are you kidding me? Sinatra, well, Sinatra is yeah. amazing in it. I think. Oh, yeah. um, he is. Hmm. 
Well, that's 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 what's famous about Ernest, that. Could be an Ernest Borgnine movie. <laughs> could be. <laughs> it could have been. Talk about a missed movie. Talk about a missed Shit. opportunity. Bring it. <laughs> Hello, tough monkey. Just have Fatso Judson. It's the the entire uh, oh, from his perspective. This is this is the movie that, that has the famous mythology that was covered in The Godfather, yeah. right? That, right? That Sinatra got this role when his career was sort of floundering or foundering, and and uh, he through his mob connections, essentially. Right. 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 Um, which I don't know how true that is. And I don't even think there is a mob, by the way. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, you don't. I I've never do seen not. it. Absolutely. That's where, that's where your outfit. thumb went. Uh-huh. Um, but we're talking. Okay, so so it's interesting because um, I think that the third movie that we mentioned, this movie is in many ways different, but in many ways a lot like it. So it's so 1953s. We're talking. It's like on on the eve, essentially, of Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, from here to eternity is taking place at that time. Sorry, yeah. yeah. So so mm-hmm. you have um, Montgomery Clift and Frank Sinatra as, as career you know, army punks. Career army. Well, I don't know that that Frank Sinatra is a career army punk. I mean, he's he's clearly just sort of doing his time. That's why he's mismatched as yeah, a friend with. Right, right. I mean, that he's the foil to Montgomery Clift for enough, that reason, right? And then you have like the fair, the fairest minded. You know, um, a sergeant ever, and that's Burt Lancaster. Oh, and yet, and yet, so cranky. He's hilariously cranky. Hilariously well, that, cranky. hilarious is the is the word there because that's yeah. what I love uh, of of all of Monty Cliff's films. I this is my favorite, and it's mostly because there's a lot of fucking humor in there. There is, there is. in a yeah. in a war movie. There's so much, so many funny scenes and yep. things that just really crack me up. Every you know, I know the joke that's coming, and right. it yeah. still cracks me up. Mm-hmm. But and, you, and so that's you, what I appreciate most you have about Donna that Reed, who, who yeah. becomes a love, a love interest later on in the film. To Montgomery Cliff, you right. have um, Deborah. Uh, Carr, mm-hmm. um, who becomes a love interest for Burt Lancaster. Mm-hmm. You have all these great sort of like Claude Akins. We're talking to Sheriff Lobo some later great, on. <laughs> some great actors. I mean, this uh, is a Jack, hell of a cast. Jack Warden. Yeah. Jack Warden, right? Yeah. Uh, Ernest Borgnine, you mentioned before. Yeah. So it's really just about like the, you know, I would say two of the three acts are about leading up to the attack on Pearl Harbor and mm-hmm. all of these characters and what they're going through. What they're going through in the, the sort of infrastructure system that is the military. The army yeah. before World War II. What they're going through. You know, Tom and I did an mm-hmm. episode on the, on the free side uh, um, about Jane Russell and one of the movies was um, I forget what it's called but it's something Mamie Stouffer and it was about oh, these right. sort of like ladies mm-hmm. um, entertainment houses right and so part of it's about that like they're not can, hookers they're not hookers that you pay them to dance and can, diamond dance it can't go that direction in yeah. some, in some uh, establishments depending. right and, and so it's about like the, uh, like what about <laughs> the life outside of the army like how do they relate to people or can they relate to people right. to what degree can people who are serious about the military relate to people sorry, oh, and they're also misfits inside of the military yeah. Well, there, there's a line in, in uh, I think Sinatra says it, right? Once we put on our civvies, we're just as good as everybody else. So yeah. there's a real, like, mm-hmm. element of that, right? Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, just once he puts on that Hawaiian shirt and gets out there. Right. Who is I, this? Who's the writer? It's James something. He wrote Some Came Running and The Thin Red Line. Oh, James. It's not Mitchner. No. I'll look it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, who, okay. Who you did look it up. From who Here did to novel? Eternity? Yeah. James. I can't remember, but that's another 700 pager. Yeah. So, so um, you know, all these conflicts happen. So, Burt Lancaster, you know, gets in this sort of jam with Deborah Carr, who yeah. is and by married. By jam, we mean her vagina. Her vajama, we're yeah. calling it. She's <laughs> wearing pajama pants. Please Hello. pass the jelly. Squish, mm-hmm. So, um, we're talking about, like, he's having this affair with this woman who is clearly had affairs before. Right. And right. Um, is the wife of his commanding officer. Right. So, that's problematic. Yeah. He has a wonderful, like, iconic scene on the beach where they're yeah. making a little... 
little just rolling lip, around in the sand. Yeah. Oh man, that sand's sweet. just getting fucking everywhere. Uh, up there, cracks. It's nightmarish. For sure. Oh my god. Mm. <laughs> Thank God for wet wipes. <laughs> hiccup and like. They didn't have those invented. Sand shoots out of a oh, vagina. Bummer then. Bummer. Um, bummer. Uh-huh. Are you making a joke, sir? No, not really. Okay, okay. so, so um, and then you have um, Frank Sinatra, who's just a complete fuck up. I, I actually he's like, don't. He's not a fuck up. Oh, no, no, he, as a soldier. He's not a good soldier. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I thought you were going to defend his soldiery. <laughs> I don't know which, what I was going to defend. He's kind of, well, wait a minute. Yeah, I guess he was kind a of a fuck up. up. But I'm going to say this. <laughs> it's like, hard to imagine anybody else who would defend him. But if, if I were looking for somebody to defend his soldiering, Doug, it would be you. Uh, so his, it's thanks, right buddy. Now, hey, thank you for your service, Tom. You're under, hey, you're, you know <laughs> what? You're welcome. <laughs> it's Maggio, right? Maggio is his character. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so the thing is, like, um, that character and Frank Sinatra playing him is likable. But I love lovable, lovable, lovable at all. Oh, you're jealous. See, no heart, no soul. Well, how do you not like? Well, let's walk through it. It's hilarious. Okay, let's walk through it. Um, Because when he's defending, um, what's his name? Our guy here, Montgomery Clift. Montgomery Clift. Yeah, he's just not private. Robert E. Lee Pruitt. I saw what you done. Well, what about when he? What about when he hits Judson over the head with the with the with the chair? When mm-hmm. he insults his sister and the, he looks at the picture and then he whispers something. The to, fight is good, but when he breaks prove. out of jail and and he he okay. meets up, that is one of the most embarrassing it's, acting jobs I've ever seen. Uh, it's not very like, good. Please. Come on, <laughs> you MPs! Oh yeah, <laughs> it's not good. Sure, Frank, it's oh, not you good. Spit, then you spit in Joe's eye. Yeah, I recommend if you want some good good Sinatra, Cannonball Run two. <laughs> oh, yeah. God help us all. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm not a fan of him, but you guys, what do you like about him in this, in this movie? Uh, it's the humor. I think that's what his character yeah. brings mostly. And there's some he's, yeah, some he's pathos. The, he's and, essentially the comic relief, and then the yeah. the sad reasoning mm. for the uh, the heroes the, end there. Well, one of my favorite scenes is when they when they uh, he's going he's AWOL and they don't know it yet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Prue and I forget his love interest's name who works at the new Don, Donna Reed. Donna uh, Reed, yeah. The and and so there he she he convinces her to get off work and meet him at at another bar. And then Sinatra comes in. And he's like, "Hello, citizens!" And then he's like, and he's, he's like, yeah, he's, he's hammered. He's he's rolling like a Almonds bar or olives or something right. like and snake uh, eyes. You again, know, he, it's hilarious it's like to humiliating me. Humiliating acting, though. Uh, Are you drunk, Frank? Ah, there's a snake eyes, everybody. Like a fucking ugh. So name a good drunk acting. Uh, you do a pretty good scene. Job. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, drunk acting's hard, but then that's not an excuse for bad acting. I okay, mean, all that's right. Difficult. But to me, I was laughing. I thought, and and this is, yeah, this is one of the that situations was humorous to me. I, like, I'm just not seeing you, Joe. I think I just don't agree with you here, buddy. Well, that happens all the time. It's not a problem. I just don't know well, what's the, great about the acting. The death scene, the death scene when he's like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. they really got me. He really Please. got me this last. Time. That that's a little over a the little, top. Uh, not a little. Come it's on. a lot over the top. That's then I spent That's not the best. I saw what you done. It's not the best scene. Okay, but so let's does one scene define the whole movie, or well, I just even like four own. scenes? So you just disagree with me about those scenes, but I've named like four of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So all right. So but, okay. So Montgomery Clift. Why is he, in our eyes, possibly the center point of this movie? First of all, I mean, you I really, can make the argument could go in a number. You of ways. could, We've but said that, he's yeah. the most probably uh, most actorly, if you will, like mm-hmm. studied actor of the group. I would sure. say there's that. Yeah. Sure. Um, he embodies um, the most sort of complexity, right? Because he's mm-hmm. being tortured. By you know the commanding officer, 
Um, who, wants, officer, who, who wants, wants him to box. box, even though once he killed a guy, it's a, sort of like the old boxing right, action. Yeah. Well, no, he, he didn't kill him. He didn't kill him. He Go blinded ahead. him. Oh, right, right, right. In a freak accident. And, yep. then, and then subsequently decided he would never <laughs> box again. Yeah. Because it was okay. a barbaric, savage sport. Except but, for when he boxed again. But he, well, outside he of the ring. He got forced into it. He got forced into it. True. But he's That's playing out this abusive relationship in the classic way in that he will do anything for the army. Because it's it's what saved him. It's his army family. Army drinks it's on the home. weekends, honey. You don't understand. <laughs> he's on the food. Sometimes the, the army gets mad. So I made it mad. <laughs> oh my goodness, guys. No, he's he's horribly he's horribly codependent. <laughs> you can't yeah. even argue that. I fell down the steps. It wasn't the army. Well, he's got a great line. He says like, uh, <laughs> just because a uh, a man loves something doesn't mean it has, it has to, to love, love him. I feel that way about cheeseburgers, but yeah. <laughs> Cheeseburgers love you. Oh, no, they, they fear me, my friend. They hug you. That's for sure. But but uh, I think that I don't know what that meant. But I think that he uh, he's he's there's a paradox there, and it, that's what's very very interesting about that character. Well, and and the what reason why it's his film, I think, yeah. is uh, or well, it's the way it's framed. I mean, he's he we follow him from the beginning, coming in, yep. and and all of those yeah, directorial choices back, you know, sort of a sort of a crossing across sure. the, the background of of him, his character. Yeah, yeah. okay. Exactly. And then there's and the in, the ending, right? Is yeah. is about um, Donna Reed lying about him for some goddamn reason. Yeah, but then the other woman knowing, like, oh, yeah. oh, you're talking about Pruitt. Oh, I know that lie. So it's the, like la- the lattice work of, of characters, right? Yeah. But, but also, it has that thing. So the Mamie Stover one that we did had the same thing. Of course, it happens that you know it's we're on the eve of the attack on Pearl Harbor, right? And that part of it is where I think this great movie, and I do love this movie. Right. I can't help but fall apart a little bit because Eternity? it becomes a, pro- a propaganda, like you know, come on, boys, let's get the guns, make yeah, the coffee, you know, yeah. make a barrel of coffee. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Talk about a cheesy line or cheesy. That's a little bit chilly. And and also him like just holding a 30 cal machine gun and trying to shoot down zeros like by the barrel. Like, you know how much that would take the skin off your hands? I have no idea. Oh, is it hot? Yeah, it goes fucking hot. Yeah, a little bit of trifle. A little warm. my friend. (laughs) Careful, that gun's warm, honey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like a waitress at a gun restaurant? I don't know. Yeah. You fucking hook for that. At a gun restaurant. (laughs) Careful. What do you got for the appetizer? Here we are in Nevada, so you know there's one nearby. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, oh, oh, before we go any further, I yes, just want to talk about dog. this. Managed to watch, uh, managed to watch, rewatch it last night with Doug uh, on an HD TV. You guys oh, watched. Damn, this movie is weird to behold on an HD TV. Sure, that's a problem. Most of them are, but this is very particularly strange. Now, it, I don't know if it's this particular one in this hotel or whatever, but it it felt like uh, holograms yeah. in the foreground, and then the background was like, oh, that's regular black and white film, right. and then. Was, who like who are these people? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All these people we admire, like people we've had on the show, and like we're fans of that other podcast, The Important Cinema Club. Right. And uh, never heard of it. They're they're important, <laughs> and they're a cinema club. Um, but the, everyone there advocates for like you know Blu-ray. You know, uh, I, I mean, I'll go with Letterbox. Is oh, the whole thing? Okay. But but Tom and I kind of go the other way, like. It's more important. Like, do you watch a shitty print of something, or like, it doesn't have to be. And in the way here, it's it's actually undoes the work. It sounds mm. like HD actually makes it the experience a little bit worse. Yeah, it makes it weird. There's something. There's something. It was very off-putting. Stop about with the it. improvements already. The film yeah. is what it is. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Like, what? As we head back in time. No, I'm just old saying. We're like, old biddies. Come on, you know it. There's a great. There's a. I remember Billy Joel was was um, on the Grammys one time, and he was he was showing like a Sam Cooke, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, some footage of Sam Cooke singing. Um, and afterwards, he said, the technology, maybe not so good, but the songs, 
maybe a little bit better. And huh. so he's making his case for, for that, you know, how, how Otis Redding or Sam Cooke <coughs> or whoever is amazing. And yeah. he gives a shit if it's like, you know, what the, the Dolby sound quality is. Nope. And I kind of say that too. Of course, if you can get a good print, but like we, we sort of undo the work sometimes right. by focusing on that. Right. And, there's, and also, there's, you didn't improve the movie by doing it. No, yeah. you just did, did not. Can, it's this, the old argument about colorization too, right? right. Like, like uh, Blazing Saddles, when Mongo um, punches the horse out, it's not funny because it's color or black and white. It's funny because it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead, Dougie. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I, f- I fell in love with the movie when I was probably like 24 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, By the way, Joe's hatred of horses has never shined through more. <laughs> he he prefaced this all with, uh, oh. remember that mob, you know, how, how Sinatra got that part in mm-hmm. eternity. But, mm-hmm. I'm uh, not a fan of horses, <laughs> in case you don't know out there. But go ahead. Oh. We should... No, it's delve right. into that. We I can think. at some point, but go ahead. But uh, when I was like about 24, 25 in grad school, checked out from the library, like all, all these like classic films. And From Here to Eternity was one of them. And it was on fucking VHS, yep. sitting in my shitty little apartment by myself. like, And I fell in love with the characters and the, the film. Yeah. And it had nothing to do with like the quality or the, the different yeah, you know, technology of it. But. but it gets really fetishistic, particularly with our technolo- technolo- the technology slant of our culture. Right? Sure, sure. So, you know, people, get, people get a big boner for having that thing. Yeah, and then the, I don't know that we need to talk much more about from here to eternity because that's of the three, that's the one that everyone kind of already knows. It's been talked about a lot. Place oh. oh, and I, I would say, except, well, let me say one more thing now that I said that, but you guys, can, and that's that I would say the filmmaking is also better. Um, you know, Place in the Sun is very competent. But the movement of the camera yeah. in a scene oh, and okay. between scenes and yeah. the different sort of like um, uh, camera techniques and, and cinematography that's tried out in this is much, much better than A Place in the Sun. Yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, it was, it's, a, it's a higher quality movie overall. And we give it a big thumbs up. Wow. For sure. All right. So now we turn to na- our third film for the last film, 1958's The Young, uh, the young Lion. Oh, now, this, this is on a, f- uh, a book too, right? Uh, yes. I don't know. Ir- yeah, Irwin Yeah, Irwin Chai. Okay. I read the, read the book many years ago. Mm. I'm a poet, so I don't read these long. I mean, if it's over like 30 lines, we'll come on. Are you kidding me? What, what Maybe Dante. Yeah. The last time I heard somebody say that, it was, you know, I work at an AMPM. I don't read books over 30 lines. Uh, the young lines. Well, I read books, just not, you know, you, you, if you can't tell your story, come on. Like, succinctly, you're saying? More quickly, yeah. Okay. Um, the uh, Young Lion stars um, wow. Montgomery Clift. Montgomery Clift. I heard of that guy. Marlon Brando uh-huh. and Dean Martin. Now, there's a rich story <laughs> about this that that uh, he was the last one cast, and so Dean Martin had broken away from Jerry Lewis a couple years earlier. He'd made, I think, one film before this, but Dean Martin was really anxious to be taken seriously as an actor. Right. Uh, and he was making like this is the fifties, and he was making at that time like twenty five thousand bucks a week here in Vegas, yeah, doing, yeah. His, doing his thing. And so it was a big deal to essentially make a movie. We're going to make maybe twice that for the whole movie, right? And give up, you know, for x amount of time, a couple of months, your big gig in Vegas, right? But that's how committed he was to it. Right. He really wanted it, and he was, you know, lobbying to get the third role here. <laughs> and Clift and Brando. We're like, oh no, we don't. <laughs> Dean we're, we're, Martin, are you we're, we're talking about two of the most actually actors of their day. And yeah. so the director, aggressively accurate. The director and and the casting person said, well, we have an alternative, and it's Tony Randall. Do you remember Tony Randall yeah. from The Odd Couple? Yep. Of yep. So famously, let me, um, let, me, let me let me grab that in my head real quick. Brando and Clift Ooh. went to see a Tony Randall movie, and they came back to the office immediately and said, 
we'll take Dean Martin. Yeah. Like, cause, cause, <laughs> no yeah. fucking way. Oh, and Dean man. Martin is actually, you know, it's you, clear that he's not the, the actor those other yeah. two are. But do you like Dino better than, than Sinatra? I think I do, actually. Okay. You know the Rat Pack? I've always been a huge fan. For, no, Dino. I just meant in, the, in these two particular films whose performance is... I think his performance is better. Than Sinatra's. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it could also be that Dean Martin isn't playing very far from himself. Yeah, he's sure. playing Dean sure. Martin hard. Yeah, and, and that's part of it. But, you know, he had, he does have serious... Like, there is an evolution. He, you know, he plays this coward who learns to be not as much of a coward and yeah. and, right. and to value the friendship of, of people and to right. stick up for them and be loyal and all that sort of stuff and to do yeah. what's right. And, and so that requires him to, to be... He um, grows as a character. You see yeah. It. Well, and Young Lions is such a long film compared to the other two especially yeah. that um, he's not... He's not on screen all that much, you know. For I mean, there's well, this is this is much more of an ensemble movie. Yeah. yeah. So so Dean, Dean. So Dean. So you got those three. You've also got Maximilian Shell running around in the background. Mm-hmm. You got Hope Lang. How many? How many? How many? Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just got a cast. And so Barbara Rush. It, Barbara Rush is in there. Yeah. Now you also have as Maximilian Shell's wife. What's her name? I forget her name, but she is one of the most striking oh, human God beings damn. of all time. Yeah, she's so, and in this movie, it's crazy. Yeah. And she was ruined by Sammy later on, Apparently. you were saying, right? Yeah, she was married to Sammy Davis Jr. That did neither of their careers a lot of good. They had to um, divorce, and I think the movie studio set up a marriage right afterwards between Sammy Davis and another African-American woman to just sort of like fix it. Like, you know, right. Wait, set up a marriage? Yes, that oh, happened. Yeah. It was still they, that was part of the studio this, system in a way. Yeah. By the way, we've been talking a lot about the movies. Yeah. Like I, I'm. Let's just go if, ahead. Stop us. Take, what do you want? No, just more about this kind of stuff, like the behind well, the scenes, the people like the, the, the actors Ocel themselves, Nick and and Mayer, um, all these guys going back from the to the 30s, heavily into the 40s. By the time the late 50s came around, the studio system wasn't really intact, but there were there were <coughs> ghosts, there were remnants of it. They could still do things, and they could yeah. do things like tell you who you were going to marry, yeah. or at least wow. you know. They didn't look at actors. They looked at actors like basically they were a product. Yeah, they were products mm-hmm. to be developed, like like a perfume line or something like that. They were mm-hmm. they they would take what what are their strengths? Okay, they can do this, this, and this. That's what they do in movies. We need to get them. Need to keep them out of trouble. They're going to be married, or you yeah. know, if this guy's gay, we're going to get him yeah. a wife. Yeah, we're uh-huh. going to give him a nice beard. So they were like products that had to be PR managed all the way through. Sure. Yeah. And 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 the it's studios like, you know had them on contract that they would be they could and would. If anything, if anyone knows about this, um, it's the closest thing we have in the world today, and it's K-pop. Do you know about Korean pop? <laughs> yeah. 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 Those camps they have in Korea and you grow up in them and you're not allowed to date. South Korea. South Korea, by the way. Yeah, yeah, right, sorry. And you're not allowed to date until you're like in 25 or something like that. And I think the studio system was like that. So so you, okay. had, you had all that going on and this woman, you know, we'll talk about her later on. But in this film, she is a remarkably good looking woman. What's her name? May Britt. Good old May Britt. How many, how many? Yeah, how many, she's how something many. else. Yeah. And, and it's a lattice, and there's another kind of lattice it's work statue. here in that you have you know Dean Martin and Montgomery <laughs> Clift um, sort of coming from the East Coast side of it, and then you have um, uh, Maximilian Schell and Marlon Brando from the German side, the Axis side. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have Barbara Rush, who uh, is sort of had dated Marlon Brando before he was a soldier. Right. She's really the linchpin in a sense. This in a my, weird you way. You call it her movie over anybody else's, actually. Uh, only as a character huh. device and right. not as the actor, actress. But, but um, yeah, so it's got all these people in the Weird ways that they're kind of connected, and how that connection comes right. back around and again. Also, how like a young, how like a generation of this particular time period was the affected greatest by generation, the, whatever you want to call them. Yes, was affected on the German side, maybe mm-hmm. was affected by the war and, and being drawn into it, and, and what the effect that had on them, and what that did to them is the people they started off with and the people they ended up being, and what their belief system is. Because the film starts <laughs> off with with Brando, who's very sort of like. Um, 
I don't think the word's egalitarian, but whatever it is, like kind of open-minded or like... Um, he's apolitical. He's he even like, says it, right? But, but he says like, oh, I don't want to get in... I mean, he's like the ski instructor that just wants to get laid. But when he does want to, and he does... But when but he does want to get into politics, it's to say like, well, yeah, Hitler's a kind of a rough character on the surface, yeah, I mean, but he gets things done. It's an argument that it's made... I think about other politicians, maybe even someone we know today hmm. by some people. Hmm. All right, Diane Feinstein is a, is, a, is a national treasure. I grant you. Fair enough. All right, so, so, so yeah. So the, it's it's about like him coming around to something when he starts to get his hands dirty right. in the war, when right? During the war, he suddenly is finding himself in the situation of having to kill people. Now or this, this thing that he had thought previously in an abstract sense would mean maybe a good thing. Yeah. A, a Unification big, of Europe. A big contrast between young lions and. From here to eternity, to me, yep. is the the war is absolutely central and and the most one of the most important parts of Young oh, Lions. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of even though they're all in uniform, yeah, for the most part, it's kind of in the background until the Pearl it's, Harbor scene for. But it's from about, here to eternity. It's that army part that I think where like Cliff's story is remarkably similar in this one than it is to From Here to Eternity. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Nice, trouble with the commanding officer. Yeah. They're picking on him. This this you could say that about almost every well. At least half of his, um, I think, starting with Red River, probably right. Sure, mm-hmm. but 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 he's also now this one deals with anti-Semitism. Well, that's the thing. This is kind of an interesting look at the, the thing about this movie is it's much more even-handed yeah. as a World War II movie and and the book as well. Yeah. They're basically talking about like they're they're not the uh, um, what's his Brandon's character isn't a rotten horrible person because he's a Nazi. He becomes a rotten horrible person because of the war. The war also deals with the anti-Semitism, but not on the side of the Germans, on the side of the Americans. I would disagree that he's, he's rotten. What happens is yeah, he, he understands the skill set he has, like telling, telling his commanding officer a better way to attack a group of soldiers right. who are out in plain sight. Uh, and that goes with his, his idea where he says, like, uh, you know, I'm willing to sacrifice, you know, if we sacrifice a few for peace. But right. he's horrified at what he's successful at. Yeah, so he is yeah. learning the lesson he is. But, uh, but at a great the, cost. In, in the book, it destroys him. He becomes a really rotten person. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. That's right. what I was thinking. Though. I'm sorry, because you remember, like, that we're his friend. Mm-hmm. who just, He turns them in. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. It's a totally different. Yeah, that's a little bit different. (laughs) Yeah, it's rotten. He turns rotten. There are all these sort of like, you know, smaller subplots, like, you know, French women fraternizing with the German soldiers. I would not look good with a shaved head. But it's interesting. It's that I think (laughs) this film just sort of treats them a little generously. I don't know how the book treats it, but but they are not really collaborators. They're the the French girls who can see the good Germans. Uh, You know, it's like. I don't think that's the case. I think that's just that's just collaboration. You know, whatever you think you're seeing in these well, individuals, yeah. it's going to be seen as collaboration, regardless. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. You're, you're looking uh, askew. No, I, I was just askew. I was taking in that point of view. Yeah, yeah. That, that. Sit with it for a while. Let it sink in. I will. Mm. <laughs> there it went. Okay. Um, you know, and then and then. Um, Dean Martin, you know, he has access. He is truly like the privileged, right? And so, sure. like, is he going to use his privilege? And the, and what gives him the ability to to move away from his privilege and actually put himself on the line, literally, mm-hmm. is that he understands what it's like to be a friend yeah. and to be a friend defending another friend, who's Montgomery Clift as right. the American Jew. Who's but that's not why he to. went back. He went back to impress the woman he wanted to marry. But oh, but remember, <laughs> so, no, sort but, of in the really, film, in the film, no. But remember that he he oh, he always the, the says Noah as part of are it, fighting my fight that's for me. It. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's a big thing for okay, me. Okay. Yeah. 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 So so it's growth because because previously in the movie you had he wasn't able to defend Noah yeah. when he was being beaten up for being now and and the woman who's also in the army right mm-hmm. uh, who's his love interest and right. maybe might marry in the future. Yeah. Uh, she calls him out and says, "Like, well, you, 
you know, you could just be honest. I know you better. Yeah, right? he's he's kind of given those excuses. Yeah. You guys are right. Yeah. No, yeah, he's, yeah. Well, he's tortured because he tortures himself, and she wants him to get the fuck over that and go be a man. However, he's going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about men and women too, right? Mm-hmm. It's about how we we deal. And you know, and same. Yeah. Go ahead. Same thing. No, with, she's such a fun character in this movie. Yeah, the Barbara Rush. Barbara Rush. Yeah. Yeah, and Mo- Montgomery Clift. By the way, one of the things, and I don't know if it's <laughs> bullshit or not, but it's sort of like you know when he meets Hope Lang and he's trying to impress her, and it irritates her, and he comes back and says, "I was just trying like, to impress you. I don't mm-hmm. know what to do." And the classic Montgomery Clift. He sells it for sure, but I don't know that it seemed like a, a weaker point that the film was making in that moment than it makes with with like Barbara Rush and yeah. Dean Martin because she's more complex. She sees, I agree. They see the world in a real way. So, you know, but I guess but let's back up because this is one of the reasons I love this movie so much and I okay. love this movie. Mm-hmm. But that scene is one of my favorite love scenes. Ever. Which one? Oh, between Montgomery Cliff between and Montgomery Hope. Cliff and, and Hope Lane. Really? I, when she when he comes back and says I was a jerk, and she was like, okay, well now we got some, you know that was that's one of my favorites. If you've ever seen the Fisher King, they ripped that scene off. Huh. In the Fisher King from this movie. Absolutely. Well, I don't. I, I just it makes my heart melt. I get I, all melty. I don't disagree with that either. I mean, mm-hmm. I love that scene. While I'm ta- calling it weak, that's the thing about this movie in comparison to like From Here to Eternity. I actually think this is probably a better movie. I enjoy yeah. the other one more. Yeah, right? that's a good way of saying it. I'd but but I do think it's probably a better crafted movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I can even have moments like where I'm like, well, that's not good what they did, and still I'm like, yeah, but I do. Yeah, it, it got me. Yeah, somehow. that's something about that scene that just every time just makes me go, ah, yeah. damn, that's what it should be. Yeah. What else? Anything else about uh, <coughs> uh, the old uh, young lions, my friend? Uh, not particularly about the film. Uh, the one thing that's interests me is I, I saw um, uh, maybe it's been few months if not a year or so now that monty cliff's nephew has done a documentary about him really yeah it's called the making or it's called making monty or the making but you know like the 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 reference of like making used to be like oh we bedded her or him banging monty that was the that was the working title what's that banging monty was the banging (laughs) yeah (laughs) that would have worked all right but uh but yeah it's it uh i guess his dad um, recorded all these phone calls hmm. because he worked in the military. Yeah. So it's like uh, all this footage of like who he was portrayed by the the movie um, studio, the studios. studios and yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. right? And like what was put out there uh, about him. And mm-hmm. then this kind of counteracts a lot of those uh, assumptions or you know things in his biography and stuff like that. I, I thought that was interesting. I want to check out the film. But. Well, and because it, I think it's been sort of hinted at, but we didn't just say outright that we're talking about a guy who not only played tortured well, he was tortured. No, yeah. He Absolutely. was tortured by, by being, having to be in the closet. Right. He but th- but this, is, this is what his brother counters. He says he was never tortured. He knew he was gay and bisexual and he embraced it, but... No, 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 was no. he bisexual? Yeah, was yeah he, he was with a few women. Not tortured by the fact of it, tortured by how he had to maneuver and navigate oh, in the world. So yeah. he had a, a good friend, for instance, sure. in Elizabeth Taylor, right? After yeah. Rangeview right. County, especially, they got closer. God damn it, I've uh, seen that movie in years. Yeah, and, and, but, but it's like, you know, she, That's, she was a confidant to him, right? Right. Um, and so he had these places, but, but then he had this <laughs> terrible drug addiction. Yeah, that you can see that in the alcoholism just tearing him apart, mm-hmm. you know, as as the chronology of the movies roll forth. Yeah, that's There's one of the things that's, that's kind of hard to watch is sort of at the end oh. of uh, at the end of um, the Young Lions. Yeah, he's just like going over the top trying to explain something to to uh, Dean, and he's like he looks you see fucking he's confused. hammered. Yeah. He you could like see he's it completely out to sea. Even yeah. even in eternity, damn it. 
Like, yeah. and, and so he tries to hide it by overdoing it, like heavily. Yeah. So that yeah. There's yeah. a great. What did he do? <laughs> I love that scene where um, the four guys in his barracks are challenging him night after night to a fight. Right. And he finally beats the one guy up, and as he's beating him up, don't fall down, don't, don't fall, fall down, yeah. don't fall. And it's like yeah. that's that's what I mean. Like that, I, I, realistically, probably that was in the script, and the director told him to. But it seems very much like it feels like that comes from him, right? Yeah. And that's what good acting is. He's a great actor. Well, that's what I would say. Why I would still argue that he's a great actor, even though oh. all of these films we're talking about are, you know, flawed. They're not perfect, sure. but. Uh, uh, well, listen, it. guys, it's been uh, a great time here um, on location in Las Vegas. On sure. location. <laughs> talking about Lyme, Dean and... Zero and to do with any of the movies we're Sinatra and yeah, Dean, come on. Oh, I guess you could say that. Good call. I would love to get them into Time Machine and drop them right in the middle of this fucking today. <laughs> we just, we just, <laughs> just watch we'll just play leave. their slot machines, you know. Just we watch just watch happen to be in leave. Las Vegas, but on location rather than live. We don't have an audience, obviously, and yeah. so um, we want to thank our guest, Doug Cox. And Doug, do you have anything you'd like to plug plug yeah no <laughs> go great i got, keeping I got nothing going on i keeping got nothing it going humble. <laughs> okay tommy do you have anything you'd like to plug uh, check me out tomsmithcomedy.com i get, try to list as many shows as i got coming up on there as i can you yep. got a website i sure do good for you buddy i, I i've been meaning to do this to, to return to this habit that we had and that was to talk about other podcasts that we want to promote oh, yeah. one of them that um i've run into recently is called criterion creeps and it's these two mm. guys from Canada again, who um, just go through the Criterion Collection. So it's like one film per episode. That's These cool. episodes, it's, well, here's what's interesting about it. And I'm going to say this in a way that I hope compliments them, but I don't know. These episodes are about an hour and a half to two hours long. The criteria, whatever movie they're talking about, is a movie they'll get to usually for about fifteen or twenty minutes at the end of it, <laughs> yeah. and the rest of it is just them yammering. And it's kind. Of, forgive me, guys, if you ever hear this. It's kind of fascinatingly boring. Because it's it's very very real. It's just like two guys just talking about whatever's going on. Like like I, the one I listened to recently was all about preparing for Thanksgiving. I'm like, nah, I fucking hate ham. What are you talking about? And like, <laughs> all right, um, let's do Notorious. And they just do it for like 15 minutes at the end. You have to wait through all the stuff. But you know, nice. so you can listen to it either by going to the end where they talk about the movie. We've been accused of that. Uh, by yeah, a lot of not, listeners not that we yammer that about our own lives for like yeah, eight yeah. minutes first or something. But anyway, so Criterion Creeps, I want the, um, people to, to give them a shot. Let's invite those fuckers. Yeah, uh, I live in Yuma, Arizona, which the, the White Walkers, the northern visitors come down. So mm-hmm. any Canucks want to come down south, uh, yeah. we'll do it. We'll do an episode down there or something. Well, thanks, Doug, for inviting people on our show. So, um, yeah. Criterion No, no, I've, I invited them to Yuma. But you guys are invited, too. Thank you. <laughs> to do our show? <laughs> no. no. We're live Just at have Yuma. some beers. Yuma, Yuma. <laughs> uh, the local movie. show is lot, going well. No, a lot of movies filmed down there, man. Uh, okay. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Send us an, uh, an email um, to finleysonfilm at gmail.com. <laughs> If you like what we do, um, feel free to become a Patreon subscriber for $5 or more per month. You will have access to two additional episodes per month, not available on the free side, plus access to all of the archives. Yeah. Um, and if you don't like what we do, go to Yuma. <laughs>